0: What's up world? I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Bad Boys for Life and Richard Jewell. But first, let's talk about the movie Bad Boys for Life. Here's a quick synopsis. Miami police officers Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett reteam for their most personal case yet as Mike is confronted by his dark past. Look, I'd really like this movie more than I thought I would. I thought it was going to be a dumb sequel that I would find completely unnecessarily. I thought the opposite about it, and I have some thoughts about this movie, and they basically begin and end with Will Smith. I think Will Smith has re-emerged as the king of the blockbuster, where he reigned from the late 90s into the mid-2000s. I mean, when I was growing up, this was the guy who was in all the big movies, Independence Day, Men in Black, iRobot. If there were a movie making more money than it should, it was basically starring Will Smith. He was the biggest movie star of the time. And I think in recent years, he's come back to that. I mean, there were a few years there where I think he was chasing movie awards glory with movies like Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness. I mean, this guy was definitely chasing an Oscar. And now it seems like he's accepted his role as a movie star who is the star of blockbuster franchises. I mean, just in the last few years, he showed up in Suicide Squad. Then he was in Disney's live action remake of Aladdin, by the way he was the best part of it and was the reason I gave that movie the time of the day because I wanted to see Will Smith's take on the genie that was made famous by Robin Williams and my main takeaway is Will Smith is absolutely brilliant in that movie that is a full-fledged movie star performance and now he's back in the franchise in one of his earlier franchises that made him a household name the bad boys franchise Will Smith seems like right now he's accepted his role as a movie star. He's no longer fighting that awards movie glory that most actors go for. I mean, Jim Carrey went through that stage where he was making movies like The Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and now this year too, like Will Smith, Jim Carrey returns to the blockbusters that he's famous for. Guess what movie Jim Carrey was in? Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, these guys are reverting back to the guys that I knew growing up that were in the biggest movies. Will Smith is a movie star, and he's really good. He's usually the best things in these movies that might not be so great on paper, but again, he elevates them because he has movie stardom. It doesn't matter the weird scenario that the movie has. Will Smith is going to give a really good performance. I thought he gave one of the best performances in Suicide Squad. Again, I thought he was the best actor in the movie Aladdin. By far, he gives the best performance of this movie. He carries the whole movie in an emotional level. It's all on the back of Will Smith's shoulder. That's what a movie star is. Yes, does Will Smith probably deserve an Oscar? Probably, but I don't think it's going to happen, and at least it seems like he's accepting of that at this point, that he can be in these big blockbusters like the Men in Blacks that made him famous, the Independence Days. Returning to a franchise like this, again. He's a movie star. It's what he should be. He should be one of the biggest movie stars on the planet and I'm glad he's returned to that forum that made him the biggest movie star on the planet. You look at the movies that he's starring in coming down the line. I mean, he's got the movie King Richard, which is based on the father of the Williams sisters. Yes, those Williams, the tennis stars. And it was just announced this past week that he will be starring in a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles alongside with Kevin Hart. Again, I don't know if I need a sequel to that movie, but I'm willing to give Will Smith a chance. And I think, again, the King Richard movie sounds like it could be an Oscar-type movie. I think Will Smith has realized he can have his cake and eat it too. He can be in some movies that can contend for awards and he can be in those blockbusters. I think there was a time in his career where he gave up the blockbusters and tried to be in awards movies like Oddly in The Pursuit of Happiness and now it seems like he can have both. He can be in the big blockbuster franchises like Suicide Squad and he can compete and try to win an Oscar in movies like Concussion and now King Richard. I think Will Smith can have the best of both worlds. I don't think he needs to choose. And then you have his co-star in this movie, Martin Lawrence. I find Martin Lawrence's acting career to be quite odd because I think as a movie star, he really only works in the bad boy franchise. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't love Blue Streak, even though I think that's a fun movie at times, especially Luke Wilson's character. I don't like Big Mama's House or any of those films. I think those are silly. Again, his movie career, Wild Hogs, is fun, but he's not necessarily great in it. I don't think Martin Lawrence is a good movie star, but in this franchise, he works. And do you know why I think he works? Because he's basically a bona fide sidekick to Will Smith, especially in this film. Will Smith does all the heavy lifting when it comes to the emotional backstory. I mean, Martin Lawrence is basically just in this movie. I think he's really funny in these movies, but I find it weird when you look back at the earlier Bad Boys movies. I think they treated Martin Lawrence like an equal to Will Smith earlier on because Will Smith was a sitcom star who was becoming a movie star. Martin Lawrence had a famous sitcom. He was a famous stand-up, but now we've come to the realization that Will Smith is the movie star of this equation. He does all the heavy lifting emotionally, and Martin Lawrence is just there to have a good time. I think Will Smith 100% carries this film. Yes, it's fun that Martin Lawrence is having a bit of a comeback. He hasn't been seen much in this year. But my main takeaway from this film and this franchise in general is that Will Smith, out of the two, has become the clear bigger name. He is the movie star out of the two. And Martin Lawrence has basically become his sidekick in this franchise. And again, it does work. He's a fun character. It's fun to see Martin Lawrence on screen with Will Smith. They have incredible chemistry. But make no mistake about it. Will Smith is 1,000% the better actor, and the creators of this film realize that he's become the movie star. Again, earlier in the franchise, I thought they were on equal levels. Now they've realized Will Smith really is the movie star of this franchise. I want to talk about the two additions to this cast for this franchise that really worked for me in this movie, and that's Vanessa Hudgens and Jacob Scipio. I thought they really fit in well with the movies, especially Hudgens with Will Smith. I thought their scenes together... Were awesome. There's a stakeout scene between the two of them. I thought she really fit in with this movie, and it was cool to see the girl from high school musical be in a big blockbustery like this, being this like R-rated, super serialized action flick. And as for Jacob Scipio, I mean he is a great villain for this movie. He might give the second best performance in this film, other than Will Smith's. I mean, he is really great. He was the one thing that was really different from the other films. I was like, wow this guy is really giving me a reason to be invested in the plot of this film. His scenes with Will Smith are fantastic. The scenes with the character that plays his mother are great. I mean, he is a great villain, and that's what this film needed if it were going to be really good. It needed a great villain, and Scipio delivered that. And again, his character has me excited for where this franchise could go. I mean, go moving forward, I think you're going to build on Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, but you're also going to have Jacob. Scipio to be one of the main figures of this franchise moving forward, along with hopefully Vanessa Hudgens, Charles Melton from Riverdale. I hope these kind of characters keep coming back for the sequels. I was thinking about this after I saw this movie, and I was wondering why this movie was a huge hit. And it got me wondering, I still think people are obsessed with the Buddy Cop movies. I mean, look at the Buddy Cop movies of the past decade that have done so well. You have like 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, now you have movies like bad boys coming back you also have Hobbs and Shaw like just put two guys together that have a lot of differences and have them solve a case and I think we're still invested in that almost as much as we are in these superhero films like the buddy cop genre is as strong as ever right now even Central Intelligence a movie that I really haven't even seen had Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson like all it takes is two guys that have a lot of differences pair them together have them solve the case and you're going to have a successful movie probably I mean I think that's what this comes down to we still love the buddy cop genre that goes all the way back to movies like 48 hours and lethal weapon like we've never gotten over this genre and it continues to thrive and I for one really enjoy the genre in general Overall, I think Bad Boys for Life is the best case scenario for the third film of a popular franchise. There are elements of the first two films, and it has just the right amount of nostalgia, but it's also different enough to justify its existence. The movie is a lot of fun, action-packed, and full of laughs. What more could you want from a Bad Boys movie? And the ending has me excited to see where the Bad Boy franchise could go next as a fourth film has already been announced. I I mean that's something I never thought I would say ever again. I want another Bad Boys film. That's where I am with this franchise and I think that's where most people are with this franchise. This film is an unexpected delight. I definitely recommend you check out Bad Boys for Life. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Richard Jewell. Here's a quick synopsis. During the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia, security guard Richard Jewell discovers a hidden bomb, saves that. Thousands of lives and was quickly thought of as a national hero. But soon the media and the FBI named him the primary suspect and the public turned on him. I really like this movie. I didn't know anything about the story going into it. I had never heard this story. I thought this movie was informative and entertaining. And that starts and begins with Paul Walter Hauser, who gives a brilliant first leading performance after giving great supporting turns in movies like I, Tanya*, Black Klansman, Late Night, and Five Bloods. I mean, this guy became a really good supporting actor. He gives the second best performance in Itania, other than Margot Robbie. He is terrific in that film. Then he showed up in Black Klansman and Defy Bloods, two really great Spike Lee movies. I was excited to see if he could pull off a lead performance, and he definitely pulls it off. I mean, when I first heard about this movie's existence, it was reported that Jonah Hill was going to star as Richard Jewell, which was something I was looking forward to. So again, who would have thought that I couldn't imagine somebody other than Paul Walter Hauser playing this role I don't even think Jonah Hill could have played the role better Then you have Sam Rockwell, who is incredible in the scenes between him and Hauser, are the best scenes in the movie. They have great chemistry. He should have gotten his third Oscar nomination for this performance. Again, it is one of the best performances of Sam Rockwell's career. This guy has become the absolute best supporting actor working in Hollywood today. I love this guy's work. He is one of the best movie stars around right now. I mean, he just delivers performance after performance after their performance. And he's working with some of the best filmmakers right now. I mean, Martin McDonough, Adam McKay, and now Clint Eastwood. Those are the type of filmmakers that Clint Eastwood is working with right now. And that's why the movies he in tend to be better than most others. This film also has a star-studded supporting cast that includes Kathy Bates. Listen, I understand she was the one who got the Oscar nomination for this movie. I don't think what she did was that unique. It was a good performance. Not sure it was Oscar-worthy John Hamm is in this movie, and while I hear from most people, he hasn't lived up to the movie stardom we all thought he was set out for, but he's been really good in movies like The Town. I really enjoyed him in that movie. The Town is probably my favorite movie performance of his. He was really great in Baby Driver as the primary villain of that movie. He was really good in The Report along with Adam Driver. I mean, he's become a really good supporting actor in movies, and he's really good good in this movie. And next, John Hammond is set to appear in Top Gun Maverick along with Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Ed Harris. Glenn Powell? Like, I think John Hamm is doing some interesting work. I don't want John Hamm to be the next superhero Batman. Like, I remember those rumors. I'm fine with him being an interesting supporting actor. I mean, he's working with really great filmmakers. Again, like Edgar Wright, Ben Affleck, Clint Eastwood, Scott Z. Burns. I mean, I don't need to see John Hamm on screen for two hours. Like, he's really good in this movie in a supporting role. I think it's enough, enough. He was really great. In Mad Men, that doesn't mean he's going to be a great movie star. But what I do think he is, which is underrated, is a really good supporting actor, and we should just get used to that. I don't think in the next five years, John Hamm is going to be the leading movie actor that a lot of people thought he was going to be, and I think that's okay because he fits really well as a supporting actor. And then you have Olivia Wilde, who it was cool to see her in a movie again. I mean, she's been known for directing now. Book Smart, it was announced this week she's going to direct a movie in the Spider-Man universe, but again, I hadn't seen her act in a while. And listen, this was the most problematic character in the film. I don't know enough about this character to know what she was like, but this movie does not put her in a good light. It's probably, if it's untrue, it's probably not fair to that character, the depiction of the movie. But again, I don't know the facts, but I do know a lot of people did not like her portrayal of this character in this film. I mean, it is the one thing in this film that made me a little uncomfortable was the betrayal of this character. I don't know who this is. I do I did read that this character that she played had passed away. She's a real life person that had passed away and I had heard the rumors that maybe this wasn't accurate what happened. Again, I don't know the facts of this person, but even I was like if this is untrue, this is really fair to this person and this person can't defend herself, of course not cuz she died. I mean, I thought that was a little rough. But Olivia Wilde is fine in the movie. It's not a bad performance. It's just the performance in the film that I'm least comfortable with. Now let's talk about the director of this film, Clint Eastwood, who I believe is a great filmmaker. He makes really entertaining films that usually star a ton of movie stars like Unforgiven with Gene Hackman, Mystic River with Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon, Lawrence Fishburne, and I have really enjoyed his last two films, The Mule, which starred him, Bradley Cooper, Michael Pena. He re-teamed with Lawrence Fishburne in that film, Andy Garcia was in that film. Diane Wiest who was really good in that movie and now you have Richard Jewell which again has Paul Walter Hauser, Sam Rockwell, John Hamm, Kathy Bates and Olivia Wilde. Like he works with some of the best movie stars today and gets really great performances from them. I mean I love the Sean Penn performance in Mystic River. Again I absolutely adore Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. Bradley Cooper in The Mule was really good to see him again after A Star is Born. It was cool to see him in a different movie directed by Clint Eastwood. I mean they also did American Sniper together which is an incredible performance by Cooper in that film. I mean Clint Eastwood gets really great performances from movie stars and that's what I'm looking from directors is to work with interesting actors and to get performances from them I've never seen before. Take Tim Robbins for example. I love Tim Robbins in movies like Bull Durham and The Player but what he does in Mystic River is something I've never seen him do before for. Again, Shawshank Redemption is an incredible movie, but the movie that Tim Robbins won his Oscar for and deserved an Oscar for was Mystic River. I mean, that film just really holds up. If you have not seen Mystic River or Unforgiven for that matter, definitely check out those films because those are Clint Eastwood's absolute best films with directing. And the fact that he's like almost 90 years old and still putting out really good movies like The Mule and Richard Jewell, he is one of the best filmmakers of all time. He makes fun, entertaining, and somewhat informative films. I think that's all you can ask for when it comes to a filmmaker. I think this movie, Richard Jewell, has a lot to say about the current news cycle and how there really is no public apology when the media is wrong about someone. I mean, this movie is basically about how they made Richard Jewell the primary suspect of a bombing and they were wrong about it, but again, there was no real apology. The public wasn't informed by, oh, we were so wrong about this guy. He really is a good guy. The whole thing just went away, but the name that's most associated with this bombing during the 1996 Summer Olympics is Richard Jewell. The fact of the matter is his name was tarnished forever. It's like in The Crucible when Daniel Day-Lewis says, that's my name. The name of Richard Jewell was tarnished forever because of this incident. There was no going back from that. I also find it interesting that even if there was a public apology from the FBI and the news outlets. Would it really have changed public opinions? I mean some people's opinions on people never change no matter how hard you try to get that to change. Sometimes the damage is unrepairable and in the case of Richard Jewell his name has never been fully restored. Also this film does not paint the FBI in the best light. They tried to put Richard Jewell in a box because it seemed conceivable based on his past and his appearance but they they lacked facts or evidence to use against him. They were just like, oh, this guy lives with his mom, Oh, this guy's had issues working at this college. I mean, that's a plot in the film. They just use his past against him with no clear evidence or motives. They're just like, he seems, it's conceivable that this kind of guy would do this kind of crime. And again, we don't really have a clear suspect. So let's just put, bump his name to the top of the list. I think we all like to think that the system is fair and the bad people get caught and the good people don't. But again, it doesn't always work that way. In the name of Richard Jewell, things went wrong for a lot of different reasons. Also thought watching this movie, not a lot has changed. There's even more outlets to tarnish somebody's name. Like if a Twitter incident happens or something happens online, there's no going back. There's even now more outlets more than ever. I mean, back then in 1996, Richard Jewell was getting it all from the news. Now people would go online and tarnish his name, even if... If he didn't do something wrong. And I find that even more interesting. Again, in most cases, when somebody's name is ruined, they probably deserve it. But there are those outside cases where we don't know all the facts. And in modern times, we still have these same issues going on. And I don't think there is a clear cut answer to it. Sometimes you just need to be patient and wait for the facts before you condemn someone for their actions. Especially now with clickbait and headlines more powerful than ever. I th- think you should have to have clear facts about somebody before you tarnish their name. I mean, it's scary to say that this issue is now probably more prevalent than it was in 1996. I really enjoyed Richard Jewell. I definitely recommend you give it a watch. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week, I put the spotlight on the movies Bad Boys for Life and Richard Jewell. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on on the movies The Way Back starring Ben Affleck and Bombshell starring Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.